almost simultaneously. 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 So anytime there's a big word, just lean over to Brian let him say it. <laughs> Anything that's got more than three syllables, holler at Brian. Well, it's only got four letters in it, so yeah. simultaneously. <laughs> there's a lot of letters in simultaneously. Not if you clap it out, though. <laughs> Simon. I like simultaneously. Simultaneous. There it is. Say it. Simultaneously. Simultaneously. There you go. Well, hello, don't you know? Welcome back to your Hatch and Bar, your paranormal, supernatural, extraterrestrial, true crime podcast. I'm with your hosts, Cody Stacy and Brian. Oh, you bet. Brian, Brian, you bet McCree. You bet you. What are we talking about today, Shane? Well, today, Cody, we're talking about the Val Johnson incident. Oh, yeah? This is the one you never heard of. Um, it's the one that I never heard of. And actually, Cody, you're the one who pointed it out to me. feel like I should have heard this one because this is a heavy hitter. I just Googled uh, Midwestern paranormal activity, and this is actually the first thing that popped up. Did you use parentheses? Because I do not know how to Google, evidently. I did not. <laughs> have you ever been to Minnesota? No, I've heard things, though. There's Minneapolis there, right? Mall of America? I've been to Canada, and that's... We're in Michigan. The it's... American version of Canada. <laughs> it's sort of it's sort of Minnesota. Actually, where we're at today, we are um, almost at a Minnesota-Canada border. Um, it's the northwest corner of Minnesota, and we're in Warren, Minnesota, or... Maybe Stephen, Minnesota, depending on who you ask. I think it's pronounced Minnesota. Minnesota. There we are. Um, so the, the population of both towns are about 1,000 people. So we're looking at like really in the middle of nowhere, Minnesota. Well, both cities are in Marshall County. And today we're going to talk about a sheriff deputy from Marshall County named Val Johnson. Short for Valentine Johnson, maybe Valerie Johnson. Have no idea. Uh, but I do know that he is a 29-year-old man with a mustache and he impersonates old people. He was 29 when this happened? Yeah, this is 29, and we're in uh, 1979. I knew it was 79, but I didn't know he was 29, because he was—he looks like he's in his early 40s in that picture. I did not look up a single picture of this, but he seemed older, and I was willing to bet anything he that he had a mustache. Yeah, he looked like everyone's grandpa. A cop in 1979 in Minnesota? <laughs> he has a mustache. Also, he ice fishes. He is very much a caricature of a cop. He's got the mustache, like you just said. He's got the glasses, the dark framed. Uh, definitely prescription. Uh, he looks like he's about to bust out of his shirt, pants, yeah. everything. He did have the cop belly. Is he? Wait. Oh, okay. I was going to ask if he was buff or he was just like dad No, thick. it was dad thick. It, was, yeah. it came with the stash. Dummy thick, issue. for sure. <laughs> That's two C's. If you're counting. Our story begins in August 27th, 1979. Our hero, Deputy Sheriff Val Johnson of Marshall County, was working his beat in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the night. It's darker than dark, and this section of highway is 220. It's pretty barren, and where are we? We're in Stephen, Minnesota, or is it Warren, Minnesota? I don't know, but somewhere in between, and closer to Warren. <laughs> That's the real mystery. I don't even care about the aliens anymore. Like, where was this? <laughs> Somewhere between Stephen and Warren, Minnesota. I feel like the county lines or city lines should be drawn better because nobody in this town can agree where they live. Well, it's the middle of nowhere. No one's out there. Not a sight to see. Not a soul in sight. Yeah, they just kept referring to it as Marshall County. So it's, it's yeah, it was just, I, I, I imagine farmland. But it's Minnesota, so is. I don't know. Definitely don't know. Highway 220 Elk. in the middle of the night. So there's this desolate road. We have a strong mustachioed man. Ooh, uh, kind of sexy now. 29-year-old Val Johnson, possibly a Valentine, possibly a Valentino. I could not find much of his life before this. It doesn't exist. It's not on the internet. No, there wasn't much about him. I do know that things start to get a little interesting for Val around 1.40 in the morning. He's working his beat. He's driving that car. And suddenly in the distance, you see a bright light. And it's not like right in front of him. He... Sees it erupt off to the side. He sees it actually out of his side window. It wasn't on the road. 
It was about 8 to 12 inches in diameter and about 4 feet off the ground. And so he sees this in the distance and he turns onto that little offshoot there to go at, which is already weird to me. I get it, he's a cop, but it's like, so there's a tiny ball of light floating. He's like, I'm going to go check this out. And it's dark as a motherfucker. Yeah, so because so, he described, he thought it was like a plane or maybe a truck had one off the road. Yeah, he, like a one Things that make truck. sense. So a beer car. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's it's not necessarily on a road. It's just off in the distance to the side. So it's not on the road. My first thought was it's probably one of those trucks that have the blinding lights that they have now. But this is 1979. Yeah, We're talking no. about floodlight. These lights aren't great lights, are they? Well, no, no, he, no, no, no. He yeah. was on the road. He was on the, the Highway 220 because he turned off a of Highway 5, I believe. And then, yeah, now he encounters this single bulb or a flashlight floating in the sky. And if I was Val, I would also be curious because there's literally nothing out here. Was he doing out there? I don't know. Doing cop stuff. I, I wrote down looking for a place to sleep or strip club question mark but i googled <laughs> I mean, it there he, are no strip clubs in the area he was so on was duty like, right yeah. yeah definitely on duty he's he's, a, he's in his car he's okay. in his 1977 ford crown vic a fucking tank bronze too this is a beautiful looking car well val decides he needs to sniff this thing out he, he needs to go and so he starts going down the road that he's on and starts to shoot for the immediate left to get himself closer to this lining light i guess distracting light the least but as he's turning getting closer the light actually shoots at him closing the distance of what seems like a mile and a half according to Val mind you there's nothing out there just think about that there's no one out there to see this well that adds to the creep factor just a random light there and then all of a sudden it's at you it's at the windshield now and the way he said it was all of a sudden it was just in the car with him or the validity valid (laughs) you tried oh man swing (laughs) I went for it man the validity of there it is There it is. (laughs) Of the witness. So he thought maybe, like you said, it was an aircraft uh, making an emergency landing or a semi with one light coming right at him. Johnson will report all he knows what happens next after seeing the light come into his vehicle. He'll hear the sound of breaking glass and soon he will fall into unconsciousness. He got hit by a baseball. He's unconscious on the side of the road now. What could this be? (laughs) There's no logical explanation. Is it an alien? Eight inches? Tiny aliens? You know, that's a big alien if you (laughs) ask me. (laughs) It's average. It's an average alien. You know, I don't really know. It just the idea of it just being a, a floating ball of light. My first instinct is ball lightning. We'll get into that. That's interesting yeah. um, because uneducated. I didn't know what ball lightning was until I researched this episode. Definitely a dominant theory. Okay, so someone else has had this theory as well. I, I don't know much about it, but well, I know it's a, like a weather phenomenon. That actually, can... I'll tell you exactly what ball lightning is. Well, we have theories. Uh, we have Brian Webster McCree over here. <laughs> yes, ball lightning. Also uneducated. First of all, the first recorded sighting, 1638, giant ball of flame came into a church a bunch of people saw it it's crazy no idea what it was still unexplained to this day ghosts so ghosts or alien lightning and then it usually results from when a lightning strike hits the ground there's a reaction when the oxygen gets vaporized there's elements from the soil that come up in the air it's supposed to get trapped and make ball lightning that's one theory there's another theory where it's uh that sometimes ball lightning can appear on the surface of a glass too so that's what the one theory was is that it had the uh, ions on the glass can get energized and it can raise enough pressure to then add a discharge into the vehicle happens in houses a lot they say it happens similar to another event called saint elmo's fire which i did not know about either does the ball lightning move it does it can usually from what they said is it can usually moves at like a walking pace so it's not fast though it's not like zipping across like like he said it did scarier it is but it's also one of those things where they can never they've never been able to recreate these in like laboratory situations they've tried but they say it exists they just can't prove it can it bounce off your 1977 crown vic like a child on a moped it would do that yes but it didn't usually doesn't seem to break the glass. At least that's what they said in the ones, the incidents that have been reported. So that's where it doesn't quite add up because his windshield had some definite, like something went in and then came back out. Okay, what level of damage did this tank have? 
because this is a solid metal oh, it, 1970s Ford beast. Mm-hmm. And Kodiak will get to that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad my name's not Kodiak. Just one more letter. Well, that's what Cody's short for, right? Yeah. <laughs> two more letters. Is it? Kodiak. Oh, it's five it's letters. Still You're syllables, right. dog. <laughs> Counting syllables. <laughs> Damn, you could have extra <laughs> syllable. One more letter. I want my nickname to be longer than my name. He said, how many letters in that? Kodiak. <laughs> Three. <laughs> Johnson was unconscious for about 40 minutes. When he awoke, he reported feeling groggy, shook up. His car somehow had skidded across the highway, mostly intact and operational. He had this pain in his face and head. And immediately at 2.19 a.m., Deputy Johnson will contact the dispatcher, Pete Bauer, with a 1088. Did you say Pete or Pete? Pete Bauer with a 1088. You guys know what a 1088 is? Uh, no. That's a officer in distress. That's a UFO sighting. I'm making that up. I have no <laughs> idea what it is. I, I mean, I don't know what it is, but for God this damn it. <laughs> <laughs> for this situation, the 1088 is an officer needs help. It's officer saw spaceship. Well, he, he skidded a distance too. It was like 580 feet or something like that, and he had turned sideways. The car was at an angle, so it, it was, was it was 900 feet. It looked like he did a crazy burnout. So, how fast was he going to go 900 feet? He was unconscious. He doesn't know. Great. Yeah, <laughs> but even then, if he had just fallen unconscious, it was it kind of we- ended at a weird angle. So, if you're if you're keeping up, a ball light hit a vehicle, went inside the windshield, smacked the driver right in the head. He falls unconscious. The car continues down the road about 900 feet, skidding out, and you wake up 40 minutes later after the incident. The one thing I did read on this when I looked it up, apparently he was very meticulous when it came to his clock. That was a weird thing they kept mentioning. Yeah, that was like the first thing I read that didn't make any sense. That makes it sound like they're lying, because it's like he's known for setting his clocks every time he starts. Who's known for that? (laughs) What I read was he would take every shift, and he would set the car clock to the clock at the office. Then he would take his watch on his wrist and set it exactly to the car every single shift. The thing that freaked me out is how much they kept mentioning that so it kind of threw me off like that's a weird thing to keep mentioning well but also that the other thing i read and i may be skipping ahead his clock on his car and his watch mm-hmm. were then 14 minutes behind what you call weird is actually routine for the, for policing um if you're going to use time inside your reports everything needs to be at a standard mm-hmm. so why it's weird is because they're both off well, what I found weird is not that they do that, because I actually do know they do that, but how much they mentioned that how meticulous he specifically exactly. was Exactly. Especially if it's something that's common practice. They're like, well, we just need you to know that Val always said yeah, his like clock. Yeah, like Val's watch was perfect. Always perfect. <laughs> like, you know Val. Well, I mean, our hero, <laughs> Valentin, he, he's definitely a stand-up dude. He's got a lot of people behind him, so maybe the, maybe he doesn't make mistakes. That's the perfect maybe watch. Maybe this one time that his watch is off and his car vehicle is off, maybe something supernatural paranormal happened. Or... I do know know that when he called the operator 407 what's your condition something attacked my car my brakes locked out the operator answers says 407 what's your condition (laughs) 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 something attacked my car my brakes locked out please let brian do it (laughs) i'll get ahead of 406 and send him along the way (laughs) oh you bet we're basically minnesota now we're there i'm off the rails (laughs) it's good this is great this has been another episode of case file (laughs) Well, the possibly Hispanic officer. <laughs> I like that. I think I think Pete was in Pete Boucher Bauer. Pete Bauer, possibly Hispanic. Pete Definitely Bauer. Definitely not Hispanic. 
<laughs> I think he is. It's just like it's 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 his American name, Pete Bauer. Well, he wasn't lying because Car four oh seven did show up. He will arrive from uh, Stephen, Minnesota, and he'll call in an ambulance for old Val. Thank God. At the hospital, Val was treated for welder's burns. You ever heard of those? It was weird. I hadn't until this, but it makes sense. Also called flash burns or arc eye. Yeah. Uh, according to the better the Better Business Bureau, <laughs> it was BetterHealth.gov. <laughs> <laughs> Menshealth.gov. That was terrible. Listening to a podcast about this, and the guy was saying when it, uh, one of the ufologists came out to test the car, they said he used an, an unknown apparatus <laughs> to test the car, and I could never find out what they meant by that. <laughs> he just like rubbed his dick on the car. <laughs> That's a little later, Brian. <laughs> it's now. Sorry. <laughs> uh, as far as his wounds go, he just basically had sunburns in his eyes. <laughs> and it can affect both eyes. I... Are we sure he was not like a welder on the side? And it's like, he was working on the car. Yeah, he was just welding on the sides. He's like, you know what? I need to get some money. I can't see. Well, he couldn't. He couldn't open his eyes in the hospital. We do know that. It's in. Uh, it's in the reporting. Well, because they said he left with bandages on his eyes. He did have bandages <laughs> on his eyes, which is a weird thing. Um, he just drove away like that. <laughs> Well, that's how the accident happened the first time, Val. He did go, he did go back to the sheriff's department. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet Val Johnson is not taking it. Well, he had off. the clock out. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to leave it on the clock. Another, you think I'm going to use a PTO day for this? Another weird thing is that he had fractures uh, in his teeth below the gum line. I didn't hear that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he hit his face on the steering wheel. That's or... what I was thinking. The like the the bump on his head, and that would make. But uh, what? below the gum line sounds super painful. Did that. <sighs> Yeah, that sounds like a, a like he hit his mouth directly on those hard ass steering wheels they used to have. Yeah, no cushion. Well, because you were asking about the damage that was done to the car, so the windshield was busted up. One of the headlights was out, and then like the both antennas had been pushed back. It looked like from a strong wind is the way they described it. I mean, electromagnetic. I mean, I'm not a scientist. Let me start over with that. That was uh, the conclusion. Yeah, Something electromagnetic. Electromagnetic maybe could do that to an antenna, mm-hmm. and I could see it. It could probably break. Your windshield? It was the way it broke it. It was what was strange because it looked, at least from the way that one of the guys described it, it was that it something had went in and come out is what it looked like because it wasn't completely gone. It was just really fucked up. You can't look at lightning either. When lightning hits really close to you, it will burn your eyes. Yeah. So we think he got struck by lightning. I think <laughs> he got struck happened? by lightning or, you know, the ball lightning theory is starting to look a little bit better it's it but ball lightning is i think it's a the only one that kind of fits but it's also one of those things where it's like saying there was a ghost it's the same answer i just want to know one thing did you get to the guy who is trying to say what he is saying is untrue and he mentions it's either an alien or do you know what he says yeah do you guys got to that then yeah okay if shane has that i would rather have you explain it Oh, I don't have that. Okay, you got it? Go ahead. No, you get it. So basically this guy was uh, saying, okay, if you think it's an alien, uh, the other option is it's a bunch of small people (laughs) or small aliens that came out and beat up the car with tiny hammers. Yeah, and then manually changed the clocks. (laughs) You're not not talking about Philip Class, are you? I think I am, yeah. Wait. So Philip Class is a famous debunker. Yeah, yeah he's, he's been trying to debunk it. Yeah. whole entire life debunking these people. Um, his actual book where he references this case is called UFOs, The Public Deceived. <laughs> but his answer is tiny aliens with hammers. Yeah, he's like, he goes, if, that, if you think that's true, then tiny ha- aliens came out and beat it with hammers and bent the antenna. Use pliers but, to bend the antenna. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. I want to point out that, what's his name, Philip what? Class. Wrong. You know why? Because now the government has come out and said, well, they're, 
They might be real. We got a lot of information, so Phil, you wasted your life, homie. We're still waiting to see if they have tiny hammers, though. The old class will call Travis Walton, who is a very famous uh, UFO case. On Larry King Live, he'll call him a goddamn liar on national television. He's a very high-strung man. And just so mad at people for seeing aliens. Travis Walton's such a terrible story, too. Anyway, back to Val. So back to Val. So Val's getting out of the hospital. He's got some sunburns on his eyes. Something weird's (laughs) happening. Ball lightning. But this is not a ball lightning podcast. It's a supernatural podcast. So let's get into this. Well, two phones isn't here, so somebody's got to be the the skeptic one. And and I'm taking that position today. I don't believe this I appreciate that, Kodiak. Um, I I was just going to pretend like he was here. He's just being real quiet. uh, Two phones. You got anything to say? Yep, I agree. He says ball lightning. <laughs> he knows exactly. He texted me from one of those phones. The reporting officer on the scene was Officer Winskilski. Uh, he's from Steven, like we said. He, mm. investigated cra- he investigated the crash and would report unique damage to the 1977 Ford LTD patrol car. It's bronze. Like we said before, I just think it's cool. It's a really cool car. You can Google it. It's in a mm. museum today. You can see this car. It's one Google search away. The hood itself is very dented. It's small. You have four little small, like... I don't say I would say baseball size dents into it. The windshield itself looks like an angry dad drywall crater. No, small aliens, small hammer size <laughs> dents on the hood of the car. That's exactly <laughs> baseball too big, small hammer, tiny hammer, little. You can barely see it. It's so tiny, it is beat on. I just like picturing their tiny little hands changing the yeah. clock too. Yeah. I'm just picturing them as like little gnomes coming out of a tree with just little hammers, like. And like, so. <laughs> He would have had to stop and let them get in the car to beat him up to do this. Did they hug into a ball and got shot out of a gnome cannon? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They yeah. got little flashlights too, and they're just fucking strobing across the sky. If you believe oh, this, Adler. if you believe this is aliens, gnomes are just as likely. You, you remember like Phil that, Cas- that, Casper, whatever that, his name was, Phil Class, Class. Uh, remember that 1950s like Looney Tunes, like Bugs Bunny uh, uh, cartoon with the little alien with the, the spinny thing in his head. Are you talking Marvin, Marvin the Martian. Marvin the Martian. The original Martian. Uh, never mind. Uh, no. <laughs> Wait a second. If we're talking about Marvin the Martian minute, you guys play that Looney Tunes basketball game they used to have. Oh, the old one? Yeah. For oh, the absolutely. Yeah, dude. Marvin Martian had a heater made. Three-pointer. <laughs> <laughs> so the windshield was cracked. One of the headlights were broken, and one of the police lights were damaged. We talked about the skid marks being 99 feet long. We talked about the car skidding out. Well, those skids were 99 feet long. Okay. You said 900 earlier. No, if the the crash was nine hundred, the incident from which it happened was nine hundred feet away to where the car landed, but the actual skids okay. were ninety nine feet. I thought the skids were nine hundred feet. That was like that's why I said, "How fast was he going?" He's like, "Oh, he's going four hundred <laughs> miles per hour, <laughs> real fast." Well, we're going. You won't need roads. <laughs> they were like you said. There's two antenna that were bent. Uh, the roof antenna was at sixty degrees. The trunk antenna at ninety degrees. They look like pliers were used. <laughs> Make yeah. very careful bends. Because they said something about how it couldn't have been bent by hand because I think bugs were trapped in it or something. So that's why they thought it was trapped by wind. Well, it, because it, it looked like it happened very suddenly. Something was caught in it. So the, the bugs are trapped in it. The bugs, like a bug was sitting on the antenna and got squished. The, the, the carcasses of bugs, they were, you, there's evidence all around it and there was no like room for a hand to oh, like, okay. bend and take Gross. These dirty ass antennas. How many bugs are out there that an antenna can get covered <laughs> with dead bugs? How many are you hitting? We're not going to Minnesota. Not. To Stephen, Minnesota, or Warren. <laughs> might go to the Mall of America once COVID's over. They got mad bugs at that moment. Did you say bed bugs? No. Nope. <laughs> nope. I, I did not. I thought you said, well, everyone's going to have bed bugs at that moment. I was like, what? Cody, we're going to check your headphones. Yeah. 
so all of this would happen to this vehicle within about a one foot line from the beginning of the damage to the end. Like a one foot wide line, all right? From the beginning to end. So whatever happened, it happened in a very small area completely across the car. Val himself, he just doesn't know what happened. And he sticks to the story. I saw a light. I woke up. I'm hurt. So is my vehicle. So now we got a police report coming from Steven saying, like, this is the damage to the vehicle. We got Val with his report, obviously injured. The police chief or the, the police sheriff of Warren County, well, he believes his deputy. Something's going on. Local police will hire experts to come out. Um, we have a metal expert coming from Honeywell Labs. He's going to come look at the antenna. The expert was clueless in himself. He would say that I, I don't know what happened here. <laughs> The expert came out and said, man, look at those antennas bent at 60 and 90 degree angles. <laughs> With his eyes. Look how that bug is trapped in that antenna. Marshall County Police. Hannah Antenna. <laughs> I want to bring up the Looney Tunes game one more time. Just because <laughs> you remember Sylvester the cat? Oh, he yeah. had that backwards hat on. He had those baggy clothes on. Dude. I've been thinking about that since we brought that up. I just want to know if anyone remembers that. I remember that from a sweater, I feel like. And wearing that same outfit. Oh, man. He he looked very 90s. He looked like he was going to play football. Yeah. But he showed up to play, man. He was... <laughs> he was a cat. He brought was, his shoes and everything. Dude. He was on my threes team. The Marshall County Sheriff... Brecky is his name. He uh, actually got more Ford Motor Company to send out a windshield expert. His name was... What company? Ford okay, Motor re- Company. Start over. You said forward. I heard Ford. You're hearing check. I need my hearing check, man. I know a guy. Sheriff Brecky got Ford Motor Company to send out a windshield expert. If that's a thing, I didn't know that was a job. Just some guy named Daryl from the line. Um, Meridian French is his Uh, name. Okay. All right. Not what I expected. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Sounds like a color. And from his report, he (laughs) was saying those Crayola Crayola sixty four box. Yo, pass me that. (laughs) I don't remember his name. Meridian French. (laughs) Meridian French. (laughs) That's my favorite ice cream. Meridian French. That's his name. It's a salad dresser. (laughs) (laughs) That Paul Newman. Well, he reported that even after several days of reflection on the crack patterns and apparent sequence of fractures, I still have no explanation for what seemed to be an inward and outward forces acting almost simultaneously. 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 (laughs) So anytime there's a big word, just lean over to Brian and let him say it. It's got more than three syllables. Holler at Brian. Well, it's only got four letters in it. So yeah. Simultaneously. <laughs> There's a lot of letters in simultaneously. Not if you clap it out, though. <laughs> Simon. I like simultaneously. Simultaneously. There it is. Say it. Simultaneously. Simultaneously. There you go. Almost simultaneously. <laughs> Almost <laughs> sinuously. I like that. So hard to say. At the same time, just say that instead. Almost simultaneously. <laughs> you leave all this in. <laughs> this is gold. Just say at the same time. Meanwhile, simultaneously. Simultaneously. Sim- simultaneously. There you go. Almost simultaneously. There you go. That's it. That's the one. Simultaneously, sir. Simultaneously. Not Simon. Simultane. There is an N in it. <laughs> Unless I spelt it wrong. And I'm, just, I'm reading it. the wrong spelling. I'm reading the wrong spelling. <laughs> that's probably it. Where are you? At, at Simon says. Simon. No, that's where the N is. You just can't read. You're saying simultaneously. It's it's simultaneously. You got me saying it wrong. <laughs> All right. 
I'm going 100 on this simultaneously. <laughs> that, that works. At the same time, I get <laughs> or that's just the same time. Meanwhile, <laughs> anything is good. We're about to get at the source. What's weird about the crack? We talked a little bit about it. It looks like it's coming from the inside and the outside at the same time. It's in a very small area, and it's just. They can't, he can't. He can't explain it. They said it. They concluded that it looked like he could have done it himself. A lot of the guys said that he couldn't have, but then the one guy that hates everyone, class, said he did fake it with little hammers, little tiny hammers. Yeah. So he either already val- had, he already had these burns in his eyes. He's a welder on the side. I know all about it. And he no hired way. a bunch of children to run into him with a moped. They all got off the moped, beat his car with hammers, it broke his antenna at sixty and ninety degree angles with pliers to make sure there's no handprints. And that's your hatchet bar. And that is how he's trying to get disability. (laughs) His story after actually gets kind of sad, so we'll get to that after. He didn't get any disability. Uh, He wasn't looking for any of it. That was the one thing. Like I read one small synopsis of the story, mm -hmm. and it was that he never tried to go after any money, which is what made me think immediately, like, okay, it seems a little more realistic because he didn't want the fame. He didn't want any money from it. He wasn't trying to get anything out of it, which means why tell the story that way unless something really did happen to him most people that go through these experiences they, they it just ruins their life it doesn't really do anything good for him and even when you go on a talk show you don't usually get paid for that anyway they just fly you out and put you in a hotel not just any talk show he goes on good morning america yeah <laughs> but i'm going back into two phones mode i'm a skeptic again starting now you are simultaneously both a believer and a skeptic yeah i'm simultaneously <laughs> a believer and skeptic depending on uh which turn it is because on this side of the table i'm sitting alone today guys. that's fair so i got i have two jobs to do well, not only those experts come out, but Marshal Sheriff Dennis Brecky, he will also contact the Federal Aviation Aviation Administration. Uh, they were reporting no objects in the air for that night. All skies were clear. Yeah, because there was an Air Force base not too far away either that was suspected of being involved. Nothing, he, right? He will also contact the Center of yeah. UFO Studies in Evanston, Illinois. An expert came out to run tests for, uh, like you said earlier, an apparatus. Just I, some apparatus. Some it was unknown or it's probably it's like I would imagine checking for radio radioactivity. Radiation. Yeah, that's the word. Radiation. No radiology. That's what I was going radiology. for. <laughs> I was looking for that magnetism, but nothing in particular is found. It was it was all duds. Couldn't no. find anything, and that's what's going on here. We got a very um, just reliable dude that's got a believable story yep. with the evidence, but nothing to back it up. It's just one of those. Huh. Once the media got a hold of this story, like things started to get crazy like they normally do, especially in small towns. The sheriff's office is getting calls from all over the world, all over the nation. You got people showing up to Val's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, things get a little out of hand. Val does a series of interviews, interviews for newspaper, inter- interviews for television, even goes on Good Morning America. He was saying that people would just show up on his porch and, you know, he'd take them in the backyard, have some lemonade with them, sit there, listen to their theories and, you know, nod and smile at the right places and then, and then eventually they'd leave. It's like, all right, you're a nice guy, Val. He's Minnesota Midwest nice, and and we know about that. You know, we're talking crap about Minnesota jokingly because we're from Michigan, which is basically the same place. So many people want to see this car and want to know information that the Marshall County will just they'll actually set it up first in a county fair in the following years. Um, it, came, it became the biggest attraction there. Brecky, the you know the sheriff who had Val's back the whole time. He he'll end up just donating the car to the historical museum in Warren, Mich- uh, Minis- in Warren, Minnesota. Hmm. There's a war in Michigan too. It's yeah. it's been messing me up all the time. Yeah, every time you say it, my brain immediately <laughs> wants to say like Michigan, but no. And the car itself is actually still on display today, mint condition. Oh, so they saved the car after all this. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. it's like a tourist attraction. Yep. It's in a museum with a bunch of other old artifacts and such, but nobody, everybody just goes to see the car, it seems like. Nice. Okay. 
go touch the, the car that's going to give you cancer because like nobody knows to, what's going on with it's it. It's like next to salt and pepper shakers. And like, interestingly enough, multiple incidents like this will happen across this decade. Now, we're in the, the golden age of uh, aliens and UFOs for America and the world. We're getting all these, you know, sightings and different stories that are happening. In particular, we have the Cash Landrum incident that happens in December 29th, 1980 in Dayton, Texas. Very similar. We got we got uh, just like this orb. And then we have the Delphos Ring incident in November 1971, which happens in Delphos, Kansas. Little farm boy sees these orbs. There's worth... a lot of little dudes with a lot of little hammers, man. It's, it's the, the point we see in these orbs and unexplained, like, you know, UFO flying object thing. Look them up. We might do a hatchet bar on those two. Hmm. I mean, we did it on this one. Yeah, I mean, this was a this was a quick kind of Google search to find something for an episode, to be honest. But it w- did pop out right away from the other stuff that I read. I did find some other things, but this was the one that sort of felt more genuine just because he didn't want anything. And if you check our, our Instagram, I'll show you articles and police reports. I have them all. Um, they'll be up with right along with the episode. This 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 is the validity the validity the validity that we look for when we do a hatch and bar. <laughs> so we're all we do our tight research facts, and tight facts. do the research and then talk shit <laughs> and just off the rails immediately look up all the words and pronounce them wrong yeah. <laughs> a, a little more about Val before his story ends um, like Cody said earlier like Cody said earlier he's just he kind of washes his hands of this. He doesn't look for a book deal. There's no movie deal. You will find inspiration in modern um, pop culture. Like uh, they just recently did a Fargo episode that was loosely inspired by this incident. I think there was an X Files episode too. It kind of it's kind of obvious because um, Roseanne, his wife, she's on record saying like it's disrupting our family organization. Uh, we have you know people outside our door. We're trying to raise kids and stuff. You can tell maybe that she, she kind of pushed them or maybe pushed. Or maybe they both just decided they wanted to get away from this story. Right. I mean, that makes sense to me that it that was the one thing that stood out. I know I've said it before, but that's what stood out to me is he didn't want anything of it. He didn't want to go around telling a story. It was He told a couple people at work, and it kind of spread around that way. But he wasn't the one spreading himself. He seemed like a completely normal guy just trying to live a normal life. And when people like that say they see things, I'm a little more optimistic about maybe they did. Yeah, that's a guy that's easy to believe, right? Yeah, he just seems like a, a normal guy trying to live a normal life in the 70s and 80s and raise kids. I mean, he's not, like you say, he's not trying to get that book deal. He's not trying to get that money, try to find any kind of fame out of it. That's Which most of these stories are sensationalized, and they kind of end in that direction where it seems like the the victim, quote-unquote, is pushing for that publicity or... Or that maybe the payout, and that kind of you you lose it, you lose the for sure when anybody's validity. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing, damn it. But what did he ever like come out and say like it's for sure aliens? It, it was an alien. No, he actually was against that. He was like he never he never put that word in his mouth. It was just it, he doesn't know what it was. It happened, and he's moved past it. He didn't really care to go any further. Yeah, I didn't hear anything with what you guys told me today that he came out and said, oh, it was definitely an alien did this. No, he never so. said that. For being a World famous story that's mentioned in many articles, many book. You can find it on YouTube right now. Much of Val's life is a mystery. Um, we do know that he became a deputy. We know that he took a job in a different city, becoming uh, a chief of police in Oslo, Minnesota. He never pursued any kind of book deal or any movies, like we said. Uh, Sheriff Brecky, he um, actually never talks to him again after he leaves. Did you hear what happened with the, the chief of police job? No, 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 no. Yeah, he lost that job because there was uh, some funding issues. They they were trying to, I think they tried to accuse him of stealing money, but they didn't really say that as much. But it's, there was a funding dispute, and he lost that job, became a security guard. 
Which is why he becomes a security yeah, guard. Yeah, he becomes a security wow. guard. He was a big fall from grace because he said he was quoted saying, you know, once you're chief of police and you get fired from that, nobody wants to hire you as a cop anymore. I mean, yeah, I guess I could see that being the situation if you're the chief and you're yeah. having possible money embezzlement. Yeah, it, it sounded like... Wants it, you there. They were vague about it, but it seemed like it was implying something along that way. Well, he'll finally end up at a job doing customer service at for a call three center. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> take it. Yeah, he's working at a call center. That's that's where he'll retire from. He said his Yikes. buddy called him with that job and was like, "Hey, you want to talk to sixty angry people every day?" And he was like, "Yeah, I could do that." Wow, there you go. He's seventy-one years old in two thousand fifteen. This is kind of like the latest that we hear from Val. Um, this is like the forty-year mark. I think I believe um, it's MPR, which is Minnesota Public Radio. They do like this forty-year anniversary thing. He will go on to say that. Uh, he doesn't know what happened to him. I will not say it's extraterrestrial. I don't know what happened. He just knows that something happened. He told NPR News in 2015, I saw a ball of light. I drove towards it, and suddenly it was in my car with me. It's unexplainable and will remain so. I'm, I'm happy mentally, and I'm, men- and I'm mentally stable. The great extraterrestrial denier Phil Class would suggest that a pair of pliers and a hammer by Johnson caused all the damage or possibly little people or little aliens. I just don't know how saying little aliens did it debunks it. such a hater. How does that make it not aliens if it's just small aliens? I just hope going forward every time we do a case like this in any way, way, the same guy shows up and is like, no, it's little aliens. He really does. Um, (laughs) Philip Class shows up in just about any one of these, you know, outlandish or... Well, I need to know this guy's name. How do you spell his last name? Uh, K-L-A... S-S. There might be a in there. Class, but like an asshole because he used the K instead. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. All right. Well, that that's pretty interesting. And I do uh, have a, a quote from Val about uh, let's hear just it. his view on it. I looked up at the sky and said, well, shucks, what happened? And then I shuffled on with my life. Val. Classic Val. That's that's uh, his view on it. One Classic more- Val. <laughs> like you know him. <laughs> Classic Val. I do want to know one thing. What is your opinion, Shane? Um, Actually, I'm glad you asked me because I almost ended the episode without saying so. I don't like that it's pigeonholed into aliens. Um, Because the whole time I'm reading this, like, yeah, it's in the middle of nowhere. It's a typical setting. Happens to, like, a typical person in the middle of nowhere. Um, But why aliens? Mm -hmm. You know? Why couldn't that be, like, a cryptid shooting a fireball or something? Why couldn't it be... (laughs) A wizard? (laughs) We talk about all types of stories like this. We talk about ghosts. We talk about all this, you know, all these uniquely supernatural things. But for some reason, this one's definitely aliens. Did they look into his neighbor? Was she a witch? Well, if you you listen to episode (laughs) one of Hatch and Bar... There was definitely a witch. Yeah, that could be the same girl, because they didn't look into her. She moved to Minnesota. Boom. She wanted his house. Serial she, prankster. She wanted Serial his car, prankster. actually. She wanted that car. She she said, like oh, you're that. not going to give that car up? <laughs> All right. Anyways, Brian, what are you thinking? Um, Yeah, no, I like where you're going with that, because ball lightning, it's, is. but again, saying ball lightning is, again, just like saying a cryptid, because at this point, it's one of those things that science says exists, but they can't prove it. So it being UFO, I think the reason why they were sticking by that, because of some of the effects, like the burns... And that were similar, and then the loss of time, things that you see in a lot of U- other UFO experiences. And I think that's why they were really going for that. But uh, I, I just doesn't, I don't know. He was only gone for so long, and it doesn't seem like they took him out of the car. So it seems like something happened in that car. Maybe he got struck by lightning. I don't think it was UFO. Kodiak? So, yeah, so as a person who is a complete skeptic when it comes to ghosts and all of that, I'm a firm believer and aliens, and I believe that they are here. I believe that they do interact. That will be more for another episode. But when it comes to this case, 
I don't think that's what it is. I think it has something to do with an electrical force. Could be a ball lightning, could be lightning, period. Because something like that can change the time on your car. If you're struck by lightning, it can change, you know, your watch. So if it's something that hit the car and the watch and they were programmed perfectly, it's reasonable to say that possibly they could go back the same amount of time. And the guy has the burns and he has the eye burns of someone who stared at lightning when it struck and you're too close to it. So it just makes the most sense to me. Even if the clocks are analog. Because they are. Yes. It's the 70s. So yeah. Yes. With with all that, I believe that it's possible this could just be a natural force instead of a supernatural one when it comes to this situation. Well, I really like that it's 50 years later and this guy's still alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's retired. He's sitting with his wife, hopefully having the happiest life in the world. And three schmucks sitting in a basement is talking about him right now. That's pretty neat. Yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> and and uh, he's got a good story to tell either way. Yeah, that's kind of what they said is it just becomes a story to tell at the bar. So, If you want to open more of this Hatch and Bar, I would check out NPR News. Uh, John Inger wrote an uh, article in August 27, 2015 called Whatever Happened to Marshall County Cop Who Hit a UFO? We got Grand Fork. We got the Grand Fork Herald. Uh, she wrote an article, Ann Bailey, in 2019, uh, covering the 40 year anniversary. We got Philip Class's book, UFOs, The Public Deceived, in 1983. And then there's a few interviews. I don't know if it's the Good Morning interview, specifically, where Val gives his own drama. Dramas, dramatization. Uh, there you go. Dramatization. Dramatization of the events that happened to him. You all you have to do is just Google Val Johnson and it'll come up. Don't Google Van Johnson. <laughs> that sounds like something else. I feel like I want to Google that now. It's just a dude getting his ass worked by some bright light. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah it sounds yeah. like it. That's that's that'd be the title of the book. Some dude getting his ass worked by a bright light. I like it. Uh tune in next week. Uh we're gonna make Shane say documentary a lot again. And other four syllable words. In, in, or, <laughs> in more four syllable words. And Shane. That's your hatching bar. Wait till you see my Oh. <laughs> <laughs>